so in terms of kind of, uh, you know, blocking, if you will, uh, so we continue using uh, and not forgetting our acting terminology. Um, once we once we get going, we're going to take a beat. Uh, and then at the very end, when I say goodbye to you and everybody else, we'll take another beat. And those are my cut ones. Um, otherwise, again, uh, in terms of my um, eye line, just because I'm wearing a kind of uh, rim glasses, you know, if I'm looking at you right now, uh, my eyes are here, so people may not see my eyes. So I'm going to be looking at the camera uh, all the time when I'm asking the question, and then you know, kind of I'll sneak, uh, I'll sneak down uh, uh, to you. So that's that's where my eyes. Right. Um, otherwise, that's... again, if uh, if at any point uh, this is recorded and uh, we're going to cut out what we don't want, so if at any point I ask you a question you don't want to get into just say, hey, we're not going to get there, and we'll take a beat, and then I'll cut that part out. Um, I don't, I don't. Uh, yeah, I, I've never... Conversely, <laughs> conversely, if I start just rambling on about something, I probably shouldn't. You can go, hey, you don't want to go there. No, I actually <laughs> I want you to go there. That's, that's what my issues are about. Think of these... Uh -oh. uh, think of these in the way that, you know, James Lipton used to do it, uh, right. or actors on actors. You know, this is where kind of my style. Uh, I will ask you a few obligatory uh, Breaking Bad questions, but uh, I'm, I'm a lot more interested in your unicycle abilities and other things. So, yeah, I will, I, I'm, um, I'm interested to know who you are as a person because, again, this is, you know, it's the love of acting that uh, that is what I'm interested in and the audience is interested in. Breaking Bad is a part of it, and that's a huge part of, you know, right. your career. So we'll definitely touch upon it, but uh, right. there are right. a lot more interesting things that I want to talk about. Cool. cool. Um, any questions, anything before we, uh, we take our beat? Uh, not that I can think of. Not All right. I, can think of. If, I do tend to ramble and uh, because everyone's always working and schooling. I really don't have a lot of people to talk to. So hey, just this, know that this is what I get I'm excited about these. <laughs> this is what I'm here for. I, I'm, I'm cool. serious about that. All right, let's take our beat and let's uh, let's just chat. Again, think of this as a conversation as opposed to an interview. I do have my questions, but you know, it's it's really a conversation. So, right. All right, let's take our beat. Welcome back everybody. I'm really excited to speak with another uh, wonderful actor, somebody that a lot of you know and certainly a lot of you have seen uh, in uh, many uh, you know different places and have heard without necessarily realizing that you were hearing his voice, and we'll touch upon that. Uh, somebody whose video uh, just now went out and came right back on, but that's the sign of our times. You know, uh, so let me introduce, uh, you know, if you haven't noticed already, this is a wonderful actor and a really good guy, Charles Baker. Welcome. Hey, thank you for having me. How are you doing? And uh, yeah. for those people who are tuning in, because, uh, you know, you were skinny feet, uh, in Breaking Bad, and they want you to uh, to use, you know, your uh, key phrase. Why don't we start there, get everybody happy before I tell them that I've never watched Breaking Bad, and they're going to be pissed off at me. So let's start with you. Oh, I think I think what they're asking for is, yo, bitch, you should watch some Breaking Bad. That's some good shit right there. I think so. I think so. I think that covered all of the all of the particular little idioms. <laughs> based based on my limited knowledge, and of course I've heard of Breaking Bad, and I know your yeah. character, and you know, in my prep on you, I've seen you know uh, uh, some of the work that you've done on it. But uh, I know how great Breaking Bad is, and that's one of the things that worries me is because I know yeah. once I start watching, I'm gonna get stuck. And yeah. 
I don't have the time to get stuck. So I've been putting it off. I know eventually (laughs) I'll get there. Right. I usually tell people, hey, man, who haven't seen it yet, like I envy you because you get to enjoy this experience like for the first time. It's been like 10 10 years for the rest of us. Um, So uh, enjoy the ride, man. Uh, I can't wait to, to hear how much you love it when, um, when you're done. Yeah, I'm sure I will. And again, I'm, I'm a big fan of uh, Brian Cranston. So I know, you know, yeah. how amazing he is. It's again, looking at the top, uh, you know, TV shows of all time, TV dramas, let's, let's be more right. specific of all time. Breaking Bad is in everybody's, you know, top three list. So right. I right. know, and it's, it's on mine as well. It just, I'm getting to it. Mine, is the West Wing, and this is my obligatory uh, reference because in every episode, well, then yeah, that's, I should bring my wife on over because we, we own the box set of the West Wing, mm-hmm. yeah, the Presidential Library box, yeah. and yeah. Uh, that's awesome. She's she's currently she binges, she uses it as background noise when she's working, so she just has it constantly playing on Netflix on her phone and just listens to it, and she can like she can recite episode she can tell you which episode a line was in um and i of course watched the whole thing myself but wow west wing it is a great show and like that's one of my favorite things about this business because i was a fan of that show before i really even got started in this job and i've worked with a lot of people on that have been on the west wing and like that's like one of my like oh i've worked with people from the west wing (laughs) so uh we got a lot of comment there yeah, well, first of all, you know, uh, your wife has excellent taste. Uh, and yes, she does. She really has excellent taste, as you can tell, um, so. between her yeah. choices and TV yeah. show and husbands. Yeah, oh, I, 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 got, <laughs> I got that reference. <laughs> um, and second, uh, again, I've, um, I, at least as far as I know, I've only had a chance to interview one, uh, one person so far that's been in the West Wing which is, you know, uh, is something that I'm trying desperately to change. So if anybody yeah. from the West Wing is watching, I have contacted you before, please come on. Um, but I talked to Thomas Capacci, uh, who, again, I know your wife knows exactly who he played, but, uh, yes. you know, um, Thomas is such, such a beautiful, uh, beautiful being. And now when I'm watching, I'm re-watching, uh, uh, during the COVID time, I re-watched uh, the West Wing. And yes, everybody can now tell me if I had the damn time to watch the uh, rewatch the West Wing, I should have <laughs> I should have watched the Breaking Bad. I know, I know. It's a um, it's a comfort zone. I get it. I get it. Uh, and uh, I've I've had a chance to talk to Thomas. So now watching him on screen, uh, having watched him for so many years and having talked to him and know him in person, it just adds a very interesting dynamic to the whole experience yeah. for me. It really does, especially when it's a good experience right. with, with the person you've had. And when it's the opposite, it sometimes kind of sours you towards yeah. towards that show. And I'm glad I haven't had any any souring experiences with personal experiences with actors. Um, that's that's just, great. That's great. Yes. Yeah, with Thomas, absolutely. He's one of the nicest, kindest, most genuine people that I've ever had a chance to meet. So I could imagine to my experience. <laughs> right on right on uh so who who did you get a chance to work with uh from the west wing oh geez now you're gonna have me give names uh brad bradley whitford i did an right. episode of a show that was shooting in texas which um 
didn't it lasted one season um and right now my brain has just gone good guys my wife's like good guys she's my she's my memory and that's why like i'm glad i'm sitting like close enough to where she can hear what's going on because she will just like ah um good guys and it was a great show it was uh colin hanks and bradley whitford and um both of those guys just um so that was that was one of them i I got to work on in plain sight um for an episode uh my brain just like names everything has just gone away well technically technically you are on one of my you know favorite comedies brooklyn 99 you were there and on one episode, you know, both Bradley and Jimmy were in the same episode that I found that to be very funny to watch. So that yeah. Cool. Yeah. Um, and it's just, uh, there've been like some shows that I've, I've been on that other actors were in the same episode, but we never actually got to meet. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it's almost a, a lot of the, like the main, the main cast, I originally good guys, um, Oh gosh, uh, everything is just kind of, uh, originally good guys. It was supposed to be, uh, Martin Sheen was going to be playing one of the guest stars too. Uh-huh. Okay. And I was like, wow, I get to work with Martin Sheen, but he ended up having to drop out at the last minute. And instead they got Gary Cole. And I was like, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> like bonus. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's, um, it's been a fun, I love getting to work with a lot of these. Um, really great actors that I respect. That's been one of the biggest learning experiences too, um, working with these actors that I have watched growing up. And, and uh, <laughs> it's it's one of the things that I really admire about you because again, as I was doing my research uh, on you, you kept on talking about you know watching Brian work and kind of learning by watching. So you're yeah. you're the same type of uh, you know uh, of a person that. I put myself in that category of being anywhere. Uh, I don't necessarily need to ask all the questions. I just want to watch. And by watching, I'm, I'm a sponge. I'm picking things up. Right. And that's how I get better. So I'm, I was very happy to hear you doing the same. What was what I think is great about watching and what I what I learned by watching Brian especially was um, just watching and observing. You learn things that you wouldn't think to ask. Um, if I just if I just got all my questions answered, I'd still be lost. But seeing seeing him work, him and Aaron Paul both, um, and I mean every other actor on that show, watching behind the scenes and just watching them, their process and watching how they interact with directors and um, each other between the scenes uh, was a huge learning experience for me because I I was still kind of shell-shocked by the time I got onto it. I still am. Every time I'm on a series, on a show, I'm just like, I can't believe I'm here. I'm Sam Rockwell from Galaxy Quest. Like, I'm just stoked to be here, man. <laughs> like, I have no idea what's going on. I don't know why I'm here, but I'm just glad to be here. So um, it's fun. It's amazing. It's been a tremendous experience. Yeah, uh, absolutely. By the way, you mentioned Gary Cole. Gary Cole and I, you know, share the hair. You know, his his hair yeah. and my hair are are you know some related in some sort. And every time I look at him, especially you know lately, what he's been doing deep, and I look at his hair, I'm like, yeah, when I'm growing my hair out, that that's pretty much what it looks like, just a different color. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's cool. That's anyway, cool. sorry, that's neither here nor there. No. <laughs> um, another West Wing reference, and he had uh, right. very little hair in, in West Wing. So I uh, didn't get a chance to see that. Um, I, I remember, again, uh, kind of uh, you referencing that uh, when you're doing a TV series and you get a chance to really you know, be a part of it, you know, or 15 episodes on Breaking Bad, and you get, a part of, uh, get to be a part of that, you understand how the writers change uh, the storylines and the backstory all the time. So all of the things that we're taught as actors of, you know, you read what's on the page and right. you add a lot of uh, your own backstory kind of uh, to it, that backstory may not, uh, may not work at all and you constantly have to adjust. So right. what you finally did, which I love, was just let it go and be you know, in that moment and uh, find freedom in that. I think that's a yeah. great lesson for all of us. Yeah, um, it was a great lesson for me too. Um, and, cause, and, and thankfully, we aren't, as actors, we aren't expected to vocalize our backstories that right. we've come up with in our head and like tell anybody what, because I would look like such a fool because for the first five episodes, I was like, oh no, he... Oh, nope, he doesn't do that. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he loves to be like, oh, no, he doesn't like that at all. Okay. Um, and it was, it was interesting to find out more about my character the more I got to play. Um, and, and it was where I really learned how to just, like, just go with it. And um, my job is, is to play the material as real as I can right now. And, um, and so I'll do that. And, uh, but a lot of that is, you know, directors, really good directors knowing, you know, hey, you don't need to read between the lines in this, in this scene, just say the words and, um, you know, be your character. And that's, uh, that was very helpful <laughs> a lot of times. I'm so used to like having to find, you know, find the, the motivation and find, you know, the, the, all the different um, aspects that you're supposed to study as an actor. Um, to look at and I just you just kind of like blow that away for a little while and just hey do what they said and that's kind of how you know skinny Pete when he got created was the first episode um I was only supposed to be a day player for one episode and then be gone and I came in there with my idea of what the skinny stoner mm -hmm. should be yep. and um and the director uh went and I you know don't play it so stone, just uh, say the lines. And, you know, we kind of just figured out how this character came across in the first episode. And I'd never really thought I'd come back. So I didn't put a lot of, originally a lot of thought. I didn't have a lot of time between auditioning for the role and getting the role and flying out there for it. You don't have like, you know, you're doing a community <laughs> theater play where you have a month to figure out your character. Um, I just, I had a just, he was a skinny stoner. Like, that's easy. I've known a bunch of those guys. I went, I went to high school. Um, so I just played skinny stoner and then toned down the stoned part a little bit and bam, we got skinny Pete. And then they brought me back. That was when I was like, Ooh, I should have done some homework. And so I started like trying to come up with all these great, this great backstory and this great, you know, um, and just based on the, the one scene I had. And uh, it just it didn't really jive with what was what kept coming on the pages. And I was like, 
okay, well, I'll just, and then I'll just change it with this. And I was like, you know what? It doesn't matter. They're going to, a good director and good writers are going to carry this. I'm just kind of a vessel. And so that's um, what I tried to be. Just, uh, I did a lot of theater, Shakespeare and Beckett and um, stuff that was like required to be verbatim. And so I learned it wasn't, I didn't change the dialogue to fit me. I made the dialogue work. And if I didn't understand it, then I just needed to find a way to understand it. <laughs> um, uh, and that was, I mean, it was really difficult for me because I'm not Skinny Pete. I i thought when I, I auditioned for Skinny Pete, I thought I was going to like go in kind of against type. I mean, I knew that I were looking for what physically what Ford I was, but I played more comedic kind of goofy kind of roles in theater. Um, I did musical theater and I, you know, I wasn't really like the thug druggy type. Um, so I went in thinking, you know, I'm going to show them my diversity and they went, Hey, here's that little hole we're going to peg you into. Um, went, oh man, that's not what I was going for. Um, but like the language that Skinny Pete uses was so foreign to me. The first time I'd read a scene, I'd be like, what is he saying? Um, and it occurred to me that the really the only challenge I had, the biggest challenge I had was to make everything Skinny Pete said sound like he says it all the time. Um, it couldn't be a, these phrases that just tripped off the tip of his tongue could not just be the first time I'd have ever said it um, just because I remember I memorized the line. It had to be something that flowed. And so like on the really, like really tricky lines that Skinny Pete had, and the very first one that I can use an example is, um, uh, yo man, well, the first time I read it, I read it like this. Yo, man, I'm slinging mad volume and fat stacking Benjis. You know what I'm saying? I can't be all about spelling and shit. What did I just say? <laughs> like, you know, um, and so I, once I kind of broke down what that was, what I was saying, and, yo, man, I'm slinging mad volume. Oh, okay. I'm like putting out a lot of, um, selling a lot of drugs and fat stacking Benji's Benjamin Franklin. He's on a hundred dollar bill. I can I, I'm, I'm catching up. I know that reference. Um, and I just kind of built on it like that until I knew what I was saying. Cause that's a, that's know, most, so many actors will like throw a phrase out and have no idea what exactly it is <laughs> they're, they're trying to convey or supposed to convey in this scene. Um, and so like once I figured out what he was saying, then all I'd really had to get used to was saying it that way. Um, and that was just a matter for me of just constant repetition. Um, it was a musical kind of thing because that's my background is in music. And I've, I was realizing, uh, I've realized over the time that music kind of guides everything I do in that way. And I learn, I learned how to act the same way I learned music by watching and listening. <laughs> um, and uh, so it was the musicality of the phrases that I would get into 
And so that that sentence became, yo, man, I'm slinging that volume and fat stacking Benji's. You know what I'm saying? I can't be all about like spelling and shit, which is like the only way I could do that still is because I said it at least 2000 times the night before that episode <laughs> filmed and at least, you know, two, 300 times the morning before we filmed it. Um, uh, because that was like, Ooh, that's a complicated <laughs> little piece of music right there. Um, and so I wanted to be able to, for it to flow instead of uh, stumbling through it as if I wasn't used to saying those kinds of words. And so that became the biggest challenge for me. I love that. And uh, again, uh, I, I know that you come from uh, from a musical background. You know, you were a vocal uh, major. Uh, and, you know, when we hear people you know, in opera a lot, right? So it's not that right. they speak Italian, but they know because they they understand and they hear the proper tonality of it. And right. they get to a point where it sounds the right way. So right. I love that you're using your previous experiences and how you already wired in order to translate that and apply it to acting. It's great. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks. <laughs> uh, my first instrument was violin. And I learned that uh, Suzuki style, which as a four-year-old kid, it was just, I was in a room with a violin. I, Todd hold how to hold the bow and how to hold the violin. And then we walked around in circle and just played the same song for an hour. And every you just watched how other people did it and you played along until you were matching it note for note. And you learn how to play by ear before you learn how to read. Um, and I took that and I learned, that's how I taught myself how to play piano. I taught myself how to play guitar, I taught myself how to play other instruments. Um, in schools, I played drums and then I played trumpets. Uh, well, actually, reverse. I played trumpet in like third grade, and then drums from fourth to ninth grade, um, and then I got into just choirs and was singing. I sang in jazz, the jazz choirs and acapella choirs, and um, just all kinds of different like musical groups. In fact, when I was a freshman in high school, I was in a barbershop quartet, um, and. Really, that was always my goal was to be a musician, to be a, really a singer. But um, you have to get into a lot of like, my, my, my dad was military. Being a performer was never really going to be an option. And so um, it started really as, okay, I'll be a music teacher. That's like, obviously, I'm not good enough to be any kind of like professional, any kind of entertainer. So I'll, I'll teach people how to do it. Um, you know, I've been told my whole life, you know, you're never going to be, you're not, you're not good looking enough to be an actor. You're too short to be an actor. I'm like, I mean, only a few people actually make a living at it. You'll never be able to support a family. You'll never be able to buy a house or a car. Um, so just do something, you know, reasonable. And so I was like, yeah, okay, I'll do something reasonable and teach other people how to do unreasonable stuff, I guess. Um, and just things kind of stumbled into i mean i i can't say i didn't have a plan or a trajectory but i i it changed it kind of flowed i went with the flow and saw the signs and went maybe i should try this and maybe i should try this and then next thing you know i'm like what the hell why am i on tv <laughs> so. um first of all to uh to everybody who said that to you um, you know, I certainly had that same thing being said to me. 
so I know how that feels, and uh, I'm not gonna. Yeah, I'm not gonna respond to those people. Uh, just, I guess we'll respond with thanks. And uh, yeah, stay, stay yeah. Away. Well, there are times when I think, well, maybe I maybe I became successful out of spite. Like, maybe this was my way of pissing my dad off, but. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't matter because I, I really love what I do um, and uh, I don't what is the saying you know those of you those people who say it can't be done need to get out of the way from those uh, yeah. uh, those of us who are doing it um, and you know and that's kind of where where I was and yeah. like um, I didn't get a lot of oh we're wrong. <laughs> I didn't get a lot of that. <laughs> it was weird, but it was you know it is what it is. Um, and yeah, don't do it out of spite. I'll say that because you don't get any gratification out of it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. it's a it's a fun job when you can get it. Um, right, and that's the thing. It just and now kind of looking back at you know how you grew up and how much you've traveled and the things that you were into. And uh, I'm gonna ask the question, which, which as you were describing all the instruments that you were playing and all the things you were doing in, uh, throughout your schooling, we're also you know, not talking about ballet, we're not talking about gymnastics. And I'm trying to figure out how you fit all of that in with all of your travel and living in all of the different places that you've lived in. Um, but it, we'll get it's, to that in a second. Yeah, um, yeah. Looking at kind of how you got to this point and seeing, okay, so a person was doing a ton of music, a uh, person was in vocals, uh, then the person got into voiceover. So those vocals continued actually helping him later on in his life in voiceover work. You have the musical uh, approach, which helped you uh, with, uh, with acting because the ability to properly learn and express the lines and the emotion behind them. The, person who traveled so much and had to kind of fit in and understand, you know, who they are as a person without getting everybody else's acceptance of them, found themselves in the secondary market and figured out how to get out of that secondary market or how to get the most out of that secondary market and still do things. The person who was told that they were not uh, good looking enough, which uh, I, how dare do people ever say that to, uh, to anybody? It's, it's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And you found... Uh, an ability to use that uh, to help with uh, typing. You know, if somebody is typing you as something which you absolutely are not, well, then you're good enough to fool the director into thinking that you're a drug addict. Uh, right. Right. All of these things, all of, uh, all of your uh, experiences became incredibly useful and allowed you to uh, have this fulfilling career. Uh, yeah. And I love that. And I think that's, that's what people need to, to realize that all of the shit that you're going through and all of the things that you're doing that you don't know how they're going to get yeah. together, they will. Just give it enough yeah. time and continue working on it. Yeah, um, exactly. Uh, the reason I had the time to bounce back and forth was because of the transitory nature of my life. Um, my dad was very strict military. He was, by the end, he was on the Joint Chiefs of Staff. Um, my mom was mentally ill, severely mentally ill. Mm -hmm. And I was the only, I was the youngest child. And so when they divorced, I was the only one that had to be in their custody. And um, my brothers and sisters went off 
and were safe. I was the one that they used. Um, and so with dad, no arts was not a thing. I was sports. Everything had to be sports. And so I had to be good at football and baseball and soccer and all of that. With mom, everything was, was she was an artist. She taught English and math, but she also, she was a painter. Um, so she would want me to be, she would push me to do the, I think the stuff that really angered my dad. <laughs> and so, um, and I mean, it gets even weirder. I mean, it, just, yeah, the way they were kind of fighting each other through me by, you know, he would take music away when I had to go live with him. She would, <laughs> you know, she would, I wouldn't do the anything physical when I went to live with her. Um, so I had to have become both of them. I had to be an artist and the jock. And um, I found ways to kind of edge my way into both. And it's like, okay, I'll be on the baseball team, but let me also be in this musical. Or let me also, <laughs> um, and it wasn't until I was in high school, I was on the junior varsity football team. I got stung by a bee on my hand mm -hmm. and I, I just went out and then blacked out. Mm -hmm. And I got back up, my hand was swollen like a softball, like it was just huge. Um, and they took me to the school nurse and she said, you're, you're deathly allergic to bees. If you ever get stung, you could die. You can't play any outdoor sports. And I ran to my dad with that, like, hey, guess what? Yeah. Um, and so then I got to be in just the music programs and the choir, and um, uh, and that's when I started. EpiPen everywhere, right? Yeah, at first. Um, turns out I got stung again and years later, and living after living in this like terror of bees, mm -hmm. I got stung again later, and I was like, well, I'm dying now. Uh, and nothing happened. <laughs> and I'm like, really? Really? Was that? Because uh, I'm like, I'd, my mom, being my mom, she didn't like, she, she taught me to completely distrust the medical industry. Um, and for some good reasons, I'm sure. Uh, but like to a point where medical, <laughs> medical treatment was not a thing. Like even the broken bones were just wrapped up with, um, ace bandages until I got sent to my dad who had been send me to a hospital and they'd re-break the bones, you know, things like that. Um, so it was kind of a, yes, experience is definitely good for an actor, I guess is where I should stop with this. <laughs> um, Shit, you've been through stuff. A little bit, a little bit, a little bit. Um, but I'm, I've got this awesome family right here, and my wife and kids, not the other ones by any means, um, but my wife and kids. My wife's parents have been more parents to me since I met her than I've, I've ever seen. Um, and I just now bought my first house, I'm almost 50, but we just, in California, we, we ended up saving up enough money to get a down payment on a small, kind of modest little mm -hmm. fixer-upper. Um, out in the valley that we've been I've had plenty of time to be fixing up uh, yeah. and so that's all I've been doing we just um, 
we had to have a new roof installed. That's how fixer upper it was. And so while we had the roof installed, we also had solar panels put on it. Um, so like we're trying to modernize it and, um, and it's but like, I got a lot of great stuff out of the stuff that I, when I was a kid, uh, even up until I was 20, I never imagined. I mean, okay. I was 33 before I even started on TV and I had no idea that I was ever going to go anywhere with that. Um, and like, that was a pipe dream up until the moment it happened. And it's still kind of like, is this happening? Um, and yeah, there are times that I like still have to go, man, I hope this isn't like that, like that death fever dream that I'm having, right? Like I'm lying in a gutter somewhere, like Somebody. dying and all of this whole thing has just been an illusion. <laughs> Sometimes it seems like, how did I get here? Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but like I did with my career, I just rolled with it. And I was like, you know, um, I do what I can. I, I again, I understand to to a certain extent, but uh, like now when I'm getting calls from um, from you know Thomas Capacci that we talked about, right? You know, I I watched him on my favorite show ever, and then I get a chance to talk to him. It turns out that I am the only interview he's ever done in his entire career, which blew my mind. Wow! And the first interview that he's ever had in his ridiculously wonderful career. Uh, I'm, I'm incredibly humbled by that. And yeah. now we get a chance to talk to him and he's a really good friend. And cool. there is a part of my brain that goes, what the fuck is happening right really? now? Because yeah. three months ago, I was me, the same me. I'm still living in the same house. Everything is the same. But now I'm talking to the people who I grew up watching. Right. Uh, it's just, it's a real feeling right oh that's i mean it's it gets worse i mean like that's my wife and i still are like yeah really like yeah. how is it it took a lot of my friends and family a while to really accept the fact that people knew who i was outside of just my circle of friends like what do you mean somebody asked you for your autograph yeah. I was like, I know it's weird, isn't it? It's like, oh, that's the most made a mistake. Like, no, they actually knew who I was from the show. It's like weird. Um, and a lot of times people wouldn't approach me if I'm with my wife and kids, but like they walk away and then they'll come up and go, hey, can we? I'm like, hey, hey look over. Like, oh, darn. <laughs> um, so it took a while before anybody even actually, like my family even actually realized that, like, and I'm still like catching up to the fact that people know who I am based on a character I play. Um, Cause it's for a long time, nobody even like really <laughs> could figure out that. Uh, but I, I played skinny Pete. I was living in Texas and nobody is looking for actors, working actors on TV in Fort Worth, Texas to be walking around the street. Yeah. And I don't walk around dressed in a beanie and a, you know, and a, wife beater or whatever t-shirt um and so like nobody went hey look at skinny pete um so for most of the series i went completely unnoticed and but when i was in new mexico shooting this show uh once or twice i'd go out with aaron paul and matt jones badger and yeah. um jesse and we would just go out to a, a restaurant or something and 
they would get swarmed with people. It's like, that's weird. And people would literally push me out of the way because I'd show up wearing my glasses and my haircut, and, you know, just looking like a person and not like Skinny Pete. Yeah. But those two are very recognizable in or out of costume. And so people would just kind of push me out of the way and like, and then they go, hey, you know, that's Skinny Pete. And they'd look at me and like, really? And then like all rush me. And then they would sneak off and go order their food and have a drink and just kind of chuckle to themselves while I was like, what the heck? Um, and it was an interesting kind of change because like, like you said, I still pay rent and struggle with like bills and still like have to yell at my kids when they're like fighting and still have to wash dishes. What do you mean? I'm, <laughs> you know who I am. Uh, that's crazy. Um, but it's, it's, it is what it is. It's, well, it's interesting. What was, do you remember the first time that somebody asked you for an autograph? Do you remember that uh, experience? Um, it started happening so fast that, and once it's happened, it just became kind of like this free of things. Um, and I, I have a feeling it, it was probably more of somebody like I already knew who had just happened to um, start watching the show before any of the rest of my friends caught on to it. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and more of a kind of a, Hey, yeah, sign this for me in case you ever become, I think, that was the first the first one uh and then it just became kind of this flurry and uh i started to like ooh, <laughs> that's crazy i need to learn how to spell my name right i <laughs> have to learn how to go you know sign an autograph and i'm really bad at it so yeah. um, what was that what was that phrase for skinny pete? You know, if skinny pete it's not about the spelling right yeah. right <laughs> can't be all about like spelling and shit um yeah so it's okay. So it's an interesting. Um, when things like that started happening, and when you know, fame or or uh, whatever we want to uh, call it, you know, started happening, did you have any? Um, you know, obviously there's you know there's the part of being grateful and you know, weirded out by it. But was there any kind of defense mechanism that uh, there's like okay, you know, I, I don't know where that line is of what's okay, what's not okay. Do I need to? you know, now change my phone number? Do I need to kind of put gates around my house? You know, what do I need to do here? Now? Yeah. Um, yeah, you always wonder, like, at which point does that happen? And luckily, it hasn't gotten to that point uh, for me. Um, when I moved to Texas, I did, from Texas, I did change my phone number only so I could have a, a California right. area code. Um, but uh, I haven't had an issue with, like, um, where I felt unsafe uh from from fans or from people who like the show and even when i've you know been in uh at events where you know to meet fans uh i do i do have a problem like knowing where to draw the lines like hey will you let me you know give you a hug hey will you like can i jump on your back and like wave to my friends like okay i think we're think we're crossing the line here um but it's hard to really you know as an actor you're taught yes yes and yes and um and when i was learning music i was in high school when i was a short story i was asked to play keyboards for a heavy metal band and i just went um yeah i'm not really interested i don't really i, I don't think classical piano would work good in a heavy metal situation i just for me it just didn't seem like an idea um 
and my music teacher heard me uh, and he came up and he said, what are you doing? He said, you were, anytime you get an opportunity to work, you take it because you never know like where that experience is going to take you. I'm like, damn, I should have thought of that. Um, and so that became my thing. It's like someone offers you an opportunity in, in this business, um, as long as you're not compromising principles and, you know, uh, compromising whatever it is you, whatever line you uh, don't want to cross, go for it. Um, try it out. See where it'll take you. But at some point, you got to go, wait, <laughs> maybe I shouldn't just say yes to everything now. Um, and now it's you have to like start learning how to say no and when to say no, because it's now people are, um, have a different, a different take on things <laughs> and it's are, are trying to get, um, you know, trying to use your the work you've done as, as for them without without really any like reciprocal kind of like benefit. And I'm not saying everything has to benefit me, but um, it's a business. Right. I mean, it is a business and it's called show business. Um, and once you really, someone said, once you, once you start wanting to get paid, you stop being an artist and you become a business person. Um, and so, uh, you know, you have to, I hate the business part, by the way. I really hate the business part. I just want to be on set. I don't want to hear about the negotiations and how much like it's gonna, how much they don't want to pay or do want to pay. I just want to like go do my job, meet these cool dudes. Um, but there's a system. There's the there's a way things are done. There's all these different compromises you have to make, and you have to decide what you know. Is the juice worth the squeeze sometimes? Um, and you go with it. And, um, and it's like learning to say no after a decade of saying yes to everything, to every opportunity is one of the hardest things, hardest things to do. <laughs> so um, it gets weird. So uh, any advice uh, to people, and I'm not at that point, but any advice to people um, who are approaching that point of when you know that you need to stop uh, kind of saying yes and how to make that choice and transition? Um, I think it all depends really on where you're trying to go and what your goal is. Um, my goal was to be, is still, hasn't happened yet, to be a series regular on a TV series, only because that's the, the only steady income you have in this business. As far as I, I'm aware, uh, as in my position, um, I've spent the last 12, 13, 14 years having to literally book two or three jobs, TV shows or films a month to support my family. And for a long time, my manager was like, I don't know how you're doing this. And I was like, I, what do you mean? I have to be doing this. If I don't do this, we don't, we don't like eat or pay rent. Um, so uh, it's not, it's not about, um, it's, it's about having a, a, a strategy um, and knowing and learning. I, you mentioned James Lipton in an earlier conversation before all this started and that like, he was one of my, he was my watch and observe guy. I mean, that's where I would learn all these great lessons was from listening to uh, these actors tell their stories. Um, 
and ooh, oh, where was I going with that? And so like I like I knew I had to learn this business and learn the protocols and learn um, the right the right way to go about things and little things like hey, if I started working on really on Walker Texas Ranger as an extra as background actor um and i did a lot of that and someone said hey man you start doing too much backward background work they're gonna just say hey you're a background actor um you don't necessarily if that's unless that's what you want to do uh you might want to step away from doing that and try and go for uh, the next another level um and that's what i really think it is is like figuring out what where where do you want to go do you want to be a day player do you want to be a <laughs> um and then work towards that goal in whichever way you think is appropriate um and but build it should always be a, a growing thing and going backwards is usually considered um not a good thing but you also have to take in account <laughs> the zeitgeist <laughs> and so then it becomes like a really tricky balancing act and it's it's really all like a chess game more than anything it's you have to have a strategy and then you have to be flexible and go with the flow but still keep your eye on on the goals and try and <laughs> try and survive in between <laughs> that's really what it is it's it's survival you know uh yeah. a lot of acting you know people think it's it's all glamour but it's a lot of hard work it's a lot of uh and it's not just hearing uh, people say no, because most of the time we hear nothing. You know, you audition and then you hear nothing. Uh, yeah. So it's it's that part. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's a tough tough gig, and only those people who actually are really passionate about it and um, don't want to do anything else are kind of the, right. the people who, uh, who make it. Yeah, I usually tell young actors if you can think of another career that you would want to do um go go do that you can always go do theater community theater and you can be an actor any any town anywhere you can find a community theater that needs volunteers and you can work in theater and that's where i i mean that's i started doing that too and that's where you learn and that's where you get the opportunity to meet people who are not who are volunteering but also volunteering because they're professionals and they're helping out and then those people are saying hey this guy's a go-getter i might want to bring him on to my to my project that actually pays people because i have a lot of people i'm paying who aren't going as hard as this guy um it's a business um i've known a lot of people who have a part-time job or a full-time job and then they have an agent and they are they're basically working their full-time job and just waiting for their agent to give them work. And I have to explain to them, like the amount of energy and effort you put into surviving and to paying your bills has an equal amount has to be put into your career. And so if you work a 40 hour day at your job, you need to work 40 hour day as an actor <laughs> doing actor stuff um and it's a full-time gig not just being an actor but networking learning learning studying i spent six years just learning mind skills because 
uh, Kira Knightley in an interview talked about how her mime skills helped her get into Pirates of the Caribbean and how you should pay attention in mime class. Um, they don't have mime classes in America because they gave up mime study. It's movement um, and it's learning how to deal with with CGI backgrounds and animated cartoons. The reason Bob Hoskins has play, played Who Frayed Roger Rabbit was because of his mime skills. Anthony Daniels got C-3PO because of his mime skills. You can't communicate emotion the way Anthony Daniels communicated emotion wearing a full robot suit unless you have training. And so many people take that part for granted. Um, and so like learn learn what what you need to know how to make it in this business and that's one of the reasons why everyone talks about british actors are all taking over all the great american roles it's because british actors actually are trained americans just come into this stuff thinking oh oh my mom said i was pretty i know how to read i'm an actor and like come on man mm -hmm. um so sorry my first my first introduction to acting was Uta Hagen's respect for acting. And if you're not going to read the whole book, if you're not going to study anything, at least read the introductory chapter of that, because it tells you exactly what I'm saying. Like, um, just because you have a skill or a talent, you don't deserve this. You have to work for it. And you have to even know what you have to work for to work for it. And you can't do that unless you study um and learn and so uh yeah but that's how i met my wife was working in a theater that was a commedia del art and kind of really kind of off the wall obscure theater and the the artistic director and writer for that theater was a world-renowned mime and so that was incorporated into a lot of his performances and i studied from him he studied from Marcel Marceau and Jacques Lecoq, who are two of the greatest minds in the world. And, um, and that's what I put, that, that's I think what helps me get the work that I get because I can not only say the words, but I can actually show it to you physically and be the character in full body and not just in mind and spirit. Um, but, you know, pay attention in mind class. <laughs> Kira Knightley's words, not mine. She seems to be doing okay for herself. I think so. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the thing that that uh, actually pissed me off is, um, you know, I I ended up doing a student. Uh, again, I, I didn't grow up here. I grew up uh, in you know part of the world that you spend uh, some time in during your youth. I grew up in Ukraine, and I came here at fourteen. So I didn't grow up uh, to be Jane Austen fan because I didn't know who Jane Austen was. And right. Uh, you know, I heard something about Pride and Prejudice a little while back. It wasn't until I did, you know, kind of a student uh, uh, film production of Pride and Prejudice, where you know I had uh, I had a small role. I was kind of one of the valets and uh, you know uh, you know a, a houseman, if you will. And then just for my own background, I started to kind of watching and reading Pride and Prejudice. And then I went on a whole binge of Pride and Prejudice and all of Jane Austen's, uh, you know, novels and movies and film. And now the Pride and Prejudice, the musical came out, uh, you know, when I watched that, of course. But what ticked me off is that I watched Keira Knightley in, uh, in Pride and Prejudice. And 
I loved, I loved it. I thought it was, it was a wonderful performance. And then, you know, I put that up on Facebook and some people was like, yeah, whatever. It's just, uh, all she's doing is just smiling. I'm like, you know what? Screw you. <laughs> There's a right. lot. Try it. Try, yeah. try, try being in a movie sometimes. Try it. Like, <laughs> uh, anybody who can, who can work in this business um, is, has my respect. And I, they may not personally have my respects, like, because of some of their other out. But if they can convince me that they are the character they're playing in any, any, any movie that they're any project they're in, I'm in. Um, because... It takes more than just talent. It takes more than just skill. It takes professionalism. Um, and Michael Caine, one of my favorite quotes from Michael Caine was, "I'm a, I'm, I'm a, I'm a skilled and professional actor. Whether or not I have any talent yes. has nothing to do with it." Um, and it's, it's really. I mean, there's so much more than just being able to to do the work. Doing the work is the prize you get at the end <laughs> that's the that's the bonus is doing getting actually to act but like all the other stuff um that you have to you know the rejection the, the education i hope you're if you're going to be an actor please get an education because you're just going to make people like brian cranston angry if you show up going i don't know nothing about acting like ooh, no why are you here um uh, he studied learned as much as you can it doesn't have to be from a from a special school or from the greatest schools um i got some of my best education from a community college because a lot of the teachers that were teaching me acting were also working actors and um so learn from those people learn from people who know what they're talking about um and yeah that's like more than anything, have some respect for, for what, what you do or what you want to do. Like have enough respect to learn the history and learn, learn um, the different styles and, you know, understand uh, where it is all of this comes from. And um, if you can do that, you're probably going to make it a lot farther than anybody. <laughs> that's, that's one of the reasons why, you know, um, initially I've heard from, uh, from the people who, you know, as I put together the show and as I started uh, interviewing people, you know, these interviews are long uh, and that's how it's supposed to be. Um, right. And when people are saying, well, they're too long, I don't have an hour to watch it, really? Then uh, you're not really investing in, in acting. I mean, how do you expect to be an actor or how do you expect to be professional at your craft if you don't have enough curiosity to spend an hour listening to the people who you're watching on the screen and learning from them. I, I don't get that. Like I want this to be five hour long interviews because I have questions to ask. And thankfully, um, Austin basis, who uh, I love, who's, who's a really, really good dude. Uh, he is a you know, lifetime, uh, uh, member of the actor studios. And, uh, you know, he studied under James and he was in the audience when James was interviewing Robin Williams. And, you know, that was a five hour interview that they had to cut down to two hours. And, right. you know, that's, I understand that. I don't understand yeah. that people can do interviews with actors and actually get to the stuff that I want to talk about in a 10 minute uh, interval. Um, yeah. You know, that's, that's not. It's that's, instant it's, gratification. Right. 
a lot of people, a lot of it is, you know, that's what we're, we're taught here is instant gratification. You need to have, you, there's a pill you can take that'll make you yeah. famous, right? Um, one actor I, I had mentioned to one very highly respected actor that I'm not going to throw his name out right now. Um, but I mentioned to this actor that um, people keep coming up to me, asking me how, how they can, how they can get an agent or you know, meet my agent or how they can do what I do. And he said, you know what they're really asking, right? They're asking, how do I become famous? Yeah. It's like, oh, well, I can't tell them that. I don't even know how I, <laughs> I don't know how it happens. Um, so yeah, it's the, a lot of people just really, you know, they want to be told what they want to hear. Um, and if, if what they want to hear isn't, you have to work hard, you have to study, you have to train, it's going to take time. It took me you know, 10 years just to get to where I felt like I could even try to be an actor. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh no, I meant like, I meant like this afternoon. How do I do it this afternoon? Like, yeah. then yeah, go do something else. And, I, uh, <laughs> I learned that. Tell uh, I learned that particular lesson the hard way, and uh, has nothing to do with acting fame. But um, uh, in 2012 or 2011, I kind of uh, I happened to create for myself a uh, kind of a wellness program because I was stressed out and I was not in good shape. So I happened to kind of a few things made sense to me, and I uh, took some time and I created a wellness program just for myself. And then it worked really well and I wanted to share it with people. So I put it together into kind of a method. It's called the seamless method where every letter is, you know, the, it's the eight things that we're supposed to be doing on a daily basis. So I created it and I put it together and I thought, okay, well, you know, maybe this is something that I can use. I can write a book, I can talk about it, I can have programs and I created a program. And then I realized very painfully that if you're telling people something that works, you know, I had 92% success rate in, in stress reduction, 87% success rate in uh, getting people into better shape, like uh, scientifically proven because we were doing, you know, every week we were monitoring it. But you were telling people that, hey, it's going to take you 40 days to achieve something and you have to do this. And all of the things that I'm telling you to do, you've heard before, people don't care. They don't right. want to hear that. They want to hear, this is the herb that I found in the jungles of this and when you take this herb you can sleep and all the weight is going to be off uh, of you in, in 20 minutes like really right. are we are we that pathetic i'm sorry uh, just, sometimes sometimes um and you know we can all be lazy about some things um but it's like how how bad do you want it if if right. it's truly what you want you have no choice if you really believe you have no choice but to do this right. and you really believe you want to do it learn um learn learn and uh you aren't always gonna like get lessons you want to hear um and sometimes you will get stuff that people will try and teach you wrong things which is why you learn from different people um watch and listen and grow you know just let it come um for me it wasn't about trying to become famous it was about just trying to support myself and my family mm -hmm. as much as i could as an actor um and trying to make a living at this 
and just get the work that you know I can see what happens and you know breaking bad really push things forward for me in a way that it doesn't usually happen for people um and I am really grateful for that opportunity um but I will say that you know the luck is when opportunity meets preparation I was prepared um I was prepared, I was ready for it, and I went <laughs> balls to the wall. I and um and I showed them what I was able to do and uh they they made it very clear that if I wanted to continue, I needed to stay up to par with the people that I was working with. Um and that absolutely makes sense. Of course, they want everybody to be as on top of their game. Um, and luckily, one of my mentors, the theater, my mind uh, mentor, uh, one of his favorite sayings was, the audition is never over. And um, if, so I lived like that. Um, and I still live like that. The audition is never over. Um, no matter what you're doing, you should be trying to improve, trying to show people what you can do, what you're, what you bring to the table. Um, <clears throat> and as long as you're doing that, you're probably at least loving life a little bit. And if you're loving life, then you know, money and fame and all that may come. It may not, but at least you, you're loving your life while you're doing it. You know, so. Um, but it does take take work, um, you know. Uh, sometimes, uh, <laughs> yeah. A lot of people just it's the, that instant gratification just needs. Yeah. You, and that's the thing. If you work in this business, you'll find instant gratification is like non-existent. Mm -hmm. You do a job, you do a movie, you may not find out for three years whether or not even that movie is going to be released you may not and if it is released if you're even going to be in it still yeah. um and um, that's a terrence malick movie you know you work on a terrence malick film and you don't know if you're going to be in it when it when it finishes um there is no instant gratification in this you should uh and even worse when you have a non-disclosure where you can't tell anybody about a project I know. I know. until until the project is been announced you know and that was you know sometimes a year and like the biggest thing you'd ever been involved in and you can't say a word and there are rumors that people are now asking that you signed a contract says you can't even like yeah. confirm or deny those rumors yeah. um you try and keep your mother-in-law in the dark about some kind of big deal that she's really curious about that's not fun um so it has <laughs> i know that you have to keep a secret for for a year about el camino right. I yeah like, i i don't know if i could do it uh, I, I learned early on in my life that i'm terrible at keeping secrets but then as i became older and hopefully wiser i learned that if it's not my secret i can keep it because then i can compartmentalize and i can say anything about me i'm open man whatever but that's not my story to tell it's not my secret to uh to uh, tell so i can keep it so i think yeah i i would have been able to kind of use that you know mental trickery of you know these are not the droids you're looking for 
Um, yeah, oh, that was, I felt like a, at least I was trying to be a Jedi. Yeah. That whole thing it was just like, oh, you didn't ask that question. You didn't ask that. This is not the question you want to ask me. Um, oh, man, that was like the hardest thing. And especially, you know, like I said, you have to be your own mm. PR when you start out in this and like just like having to say yes to everything you also have to like tell them shout out like hey everybody watch me watch me look at me look at me and now they're going shut up shut up don't say that but that's i i don't um it was that was a tough one that was i mean it's um it it becomes a mental game um because like the like the one thing you want as an actor is for people to know that you are in things. And, but like, so give up on the instant gratification. That's the whole point. I give up on any idea of instant gratification. You were not going to get it if you were in this business. So start now by, you know, watching an hour of a show that teaches you about acting because like uh, you aren't going to get any better education as an actor than from the people who are doing it. Um, and the people who actually know what it is like to be on a set. And I know that because I had never heard, I, when I first sat on a set, I was like, what is going on? This is a whole different world. Um, so like learn from the people who are doing it, listen, because man, I, there's some things that I wish were brought up in inside the actor's studio. Yeah. Like, like, Hey, when they, when they put you on an airplane and fly you to a different state to shoot in a different, to shoot a, you know, a major production, like then what do, does someone come pick you up and take you to your hotel? And like, how do you know when you're supposed to show up for stuff? Because like literally what they do is they fly you out and you get to your hotel and then like later that night, someone will call you and say, okay, we're going to come pick you up at nine in the morning. And like, that's like, sometimes that's all the, the, and so like my first time getting flown out of town for a job, I was like calling my agent, like I'm at the airport. Now what do I do? It's like, yeah. they'll, they'll have a car. I'm like, okay, now I'm at my hotel. Like now what do I do? Yeah. And you know, when do I go on set? Like they'll call you and let you know, I haven't, it's almost 10 PM. They haven't heard from them. And, yeah. and they aren't calling you right now. <laughs> like, oh God. Um, learning some of that stuff like would have been nice. Um, and or hearing some of that. And you still don't have your lines and you don't have, you know, uh, usually it's a second AP. I think that. Yeah. Like, yeah. You don't have any phone numbers. You, you don't know. Uh, it's, it's Yeah. You get like a cryptic, like, hey, we've revised the script. Coming to you in a few. It's like 3 a.m. and I've got to work at nine. What do you mean? Like coming to you in a When am I supposed to sleep? Um, there's a whole lot of, a whole lot of variables involved. And, but instant gratification has never been one of them. Um, um, Mike, Michael Caine, you mentioned Michael. I love Michael Caine. Uh, no, absolutely. Now, now that you, uh, you're kind of, um, you know, a part of the, the love of acting, uh, family. Um, and now that, uh, you're following me on Instagram and Twitter, you'll see a lot of Michael uh, Caine uh, quotes, including the one that you just mentioned, but Caine's, uh, one of the first books that I read was Michael Caine, uh, being on set. Um, and it's right there. I'm looking at it right now. So, uh, and by the way, I have Uta's uh, book right there as well. Um, and the how to be on set, I learned from Michael Caine because wow. the classes that I was taking didn't have anything to do with uh, with how to be on set. And, you know, 
even though I read Michael Caine's book, the first time I got on set and I heard speeding, I started looking to see if there's a car that's about to be hitting me. <laughs> I don't know. Nobody teaches you yeah. these and You don't get any of that. I, I, I couldn't understand that. I, I literally went to the acting uh, you know, place that I was taking courses in and I said, we need to have a course on what it's like to be on set. How, how, do, we, how do you expect people to you know, learn the craft of acting and then get on set and then you're gonna forget what you're doing because you have so many things that are whizzing by you and then you were there and then you were waiting for three hours and then you have to worry about where's your mark, where's the camera placement, where's the other person, or are they doing my cover, are they doing the, okay, whose coverage is it? You think you're going to remember your moment before and the moment after? This takes a lot of prep. So yeah. like, there yeah. needs to be a class for that. And right. if people don't start doing it, I'm going to start having this class. Not that yeah. I know what I'm doing, but I'm going to invite people who actually know what they're doing. They do, yeah, yeah. Um, that would be very beneficial. And like I said, I'd started doing background work in this business. And the reason I started doing that was so that when I did get on set, on camera, having dialogue, I wouldn't be so like, what's going on? What do you mean? And so I worked background and I would sit in the background and just like watch how everybody like did everything just like as quietly as I can, just okay, in between, what are they doing? Where are they going? Okay. So that I would at least not be like, oh my God, everything's so shiny and all of that. Um, and that was a great way to learn. Um, but yeah, it would benefit a lot of people to have, have some lessons on, hey, this is what you do on set. Um, because it is, it is terrifying. You, you have your dialogue memorized. They come in and they'll, they'll give you some blocking at the last minute. And remember, you have to walk over here and only always turn to the left when you turn around. Oh, now I have to learn. No, you turned to the right that last time. Did I? Really? I, I thought I turned to the left. No, no, if you did the wrong way. So we're just going to do it again. And, oh, um, okay, we're going to do one more take. But this time, before you turn around, I want you to write a name down on a piece of paper. I now forgot everything else that I was supposed to do. Like, uh, what? <laughs> um, it's amazing. Like everything is so intense on set. If you don't have your stuff together, you're going to have a real hard time. Um, and I've seen first time actors, like really first, like it never had any kind of just like somebody they grabbed off the streets. Hey, just, you know, just say these lines, just like deer in headlights. Um, it's 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 that crazy um and it gets worse i mean you know try doing a love scene like that Ooh. Yeah. okay okay everybody they're gonna get naked now okay see everybody they're naked now all right don't nobody look don't look directly at their junk like <laughs> don't tell them that don't tell them that they're gonna look now <laughs> it's weird i mean you, there's a lot of other stuff going on there's so much stuff going on um, if you aren't, if you aren't prepared for that situation, um, you're going to be lost and you're going to feel like you failed. Um, yeah. and so get what, cause they don't want to have to teach you on the job. They don't want to have to go, okay, when I say go to your mark, what I mean is walk over and put your toe on that little square that we marked on your foot when we told you to stand there in the first place. Mm -hmm. Like they don't want to have to tell you that kind of stuff. Um, you learn as you go. Um, 
And then once you learn all of that, uh, once you learn all of the stuff you need, like the little stuff, then you start working with actors who are like, like the big guys and they'll give you the other, the other tricks. They're the ones who tell you, okay, now you, you learned how to find your mark and find your light. And now, now learn how to do this. And they'll give you some little tiny tidbit that I'm not going to give anybody on this because those are my tricks now. Yeah. Um, oh, what happened? There we go. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was yeah. really appropriate in, in terms of uh, you going dark <laughs> as you're not about to share. <laughs> We're done. Um, but yeah, you can learn once you get the little stuff, once you can find your mark and find your light and know your camera and know, know where your eye line is supposed to be and all of that. And then you start gaining some respect from these big guys who will go, hey, now, if you really want to blow their mind, next time you do this scene, just look your, look up this way instead of looking up that way. Just trust me on that. Okay. And I've had directors, literally, after after a actor has given me a little tip, I've had directors run up to me and go, what did he just tell you to do? Like, that was so much, but what did he just say? And it was like, he just, you know, told me to look in a different direction. Like, that was it. Like, and, but like, I know why he told me to do it now. And I, like, I know how to find that again, but it was just learning those little, little tricks like that. Um, you build and you grow if you're willing to. Yeah. yeah. And that's, those, those are the things that uh, are so important. And, you know, the ability to kind of, again, they talk about it, you know, you've mentioned football. They talk about it in football all the time. You know, when the quarterbacks are coming in from college, the first year is just trying to slow everything down because everything is happening way too quickly. Forget about right. it. You know, it's just it's just nuts. And then by right. year two, maybe by year three, things start slowing down. I remember uh, I uh, the name of the movie escapes me, but uh, Mark Wahlberg was in it. Uh, he was playing a guy from Philly, um, you know, football player. I, I forget the name, but when... Yeah. I remember one scene very specifically because it deals exactly with what you're saying. Uh, his roommate, uh, once he kind of started getting some credibility of being not a gimmick, but a real player, uh, one of the offensive linemen uh, went to him and, you know, kind of threw him on the ground and said, look, you know, when I put my hand down, if I'm pressing hard and you see the whites in my fingers, that means I'm going to do this. If you don't, that means I'm going to do that. It's these little things like then yeah. you start really getting to the okay now right. <laughs> I'm getting yeah. yeah when when you're on stage it's learning how to keep your face to the audience you know <laughs> keep your and finding your light and learning your cues when you come in and come out um, and you have to do the same thing on camera and they're totally different it's a totally different kind of set and once you get to where you got all of that yeah. then you can start working on more um when i worked oddly enough after doing background work on the tv series walker texas ranger my first speaking role in a tv show was a walker texas ranger reunion movie um in a scene in my first time ever on, actually sitting on camera in set talking to another person on camera was with chuck norris and there were times, you know, we, we had the camera where, you know, you'd be on, 
the frame would be like this and you'd be talking, you'd be doing your scene and he would just reach over off camera and just kind of like shove you over a little bit. Cause like the camera was behind my head looking at him and he would just kind of, while you're doing your dialogue, he would just kind of just, mm, just push you over, not, and you'd know, and he'd be like, Ugh. and so finally, like he'd, he'd do that, he would like just kind of pull me a little bit over as he's talking to me and they're like, what's going on? It's like Chuck Norris can not, not find the camera. Like he, he knows, he can feel the lens on him at this point. He knows how much, what is being seen and he can like, he'll fix it if he has to while he's shooting. Cause he knows and I'm like, wow, I want to get to that. <laughs> and that's like, I've seen other actors, you know, like asking, learning from actors, like asking what size lens are we using? And they'll say, oh yeah, we're using a 25. They're like, oh, so I need to change my, my eye line to here instead of here, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you do. And it's like, cause there's a, dis there's a difference in the distance now because of the wide angle lens. And it's like, wow, I never, never thought that would be my problem <laughs> to think of, you know? I never thought that I would be at the point where I'm actually going, oh, you're on a 75. Well, then I need to sit up straighter, right? And they're like, yeah, yeah, you do. How did you know? <laughs> because um, I've had experience. And I, I watched this guy do it and learned from him. And so, you know, so yeah, everything you can get from other actors and from other professionals. Feel like we've been going on this one for a long time <laughs> well, it's great. that's what we need to do right you know people right. watching this is what it's about you know learn learn read learn watch you know get on set and just uh just be a sponge um yeah all right a few more questions and then uh, yeah we can you know let uh let your kids uh you know be loud uh, i think mine are definitely done with uh, with classes so i hear them outside so, um, <laughs> Putting aside uh, Breaking Bad, um, what's uh, another you know project of yours that you found to be just uh, really really interesting and you've learned a lot from? Oh, um, everyone, it's I tried to yeah. learn <laughs> something from all of them. Um, The first time I played a lead in a feature film, played the lead in a feature film, it was probably my, like one of the most profound kind of learning experiences for me. Um, and it's a movie, it's called 1111. Uh, it's on Amazon Prime, I think right now. Also some other like streaming services. Um, and it's, it was hopefully, it was meant to be kind of a Galaxy Quest-esque kind of sci-fi comedy. Um, and it is a sci-fi comedy. Um, it was, but it was a really big learning experience for me, like learning, um, you know, I learned, I learned a quote and I don't remember who the quote is, but uh, someone, someone saying the worst, the, the worst, a director's worst nightmare is, is an actor with a plan. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I, I kind of learned why, you know, it's because not always is your plan mesh with what the director wants. And then you have to, one of you has to give, one of you has to capitulate. And typically it should be the actor that gives and like mm -hmm. learning, like, but 
oh man, I wanted to do it this way. And like, okay, okay, yeah. Realizing that they were, you know, don't. Um, yeah. So I stopped like wanting to have so much control over my character's arc mm. um, and over how, over the control over the journey um, or how I get through that journey and trust the director to, to guide that. And, and if, you know, and you're going to have a lot better experience because uh, we, uh, for instance, I had a scene with another actor who like, we kept doing the scene, but it just, there was it, like, we'd finished the scene. It was like, that doesn't feel right at all. That just like felt like it was bad. What was going on? It was because she had her plan and I had my plan. We were both had our own plan going on. And then finally I, I went, what if we both go with your plan? I'm going to, I'm going to just go along with your plan and play it like that and see how it works. Just, let's just try it. And so we did that. And suddenly it was like, Oh, <laughs> there it is. That's the problem. Um, and you know, it was the director kind of like, kind of without, he was, he, he was very green. This is his first feature. He had done shorts, but it was his first feature. So it was kind of new to him to have these like two actors each with their own agenda and names trying to like rein us in, but without like, without really knowing, you know, just the beginning of the process for shooting this, like, where, where do I tell who do I tell um, I like their plan better? Or, you know, it was kind of a, hey, okay, you need to come in and step in and show us where, which direction. And he, he helped us guide us into the right <laughs> direction, I think, um, because our plans were, were not quite in sync. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really big learning experience for me in lots of ways. Um, and I had fun making the movie. I, I think it's a fun movie. A lot of people do. It's not, um, yeah, it's it's a family kind of fun film. And uh, so it's it's not for everybody, <laughs> but it is for everybody. It's specifically because it's for everybody is why it's not for everybody. Um, the, the fact that you said it's like Galaxy Quest, I'm gonna go watch it. That's uh, so fun. Love Galaxy well, it, it was it was supposed to be yeah um in that vein i guess um yeah. not everything works the way it planned though. uh but it's a good it's a fun film and it's on like i say it's on amazon so it's out there um and i i hope people enjoy it um i think it's on itunes too it might be on itunes i really I'll find it. and then i can't keep track because of all the CGI, you got to use your money. So that's good. Yes, yeah, that was a huge. I was really excited about that. Um, yeah. and so uh, it was a very. It was the first time actually having to be in that situation. So, uh, uh, yeah, it was. It was fun. Um, any other projects that I like that were that kind of wild? Um, yeah, I guess what's the Reese Witherspoon? Oh, on uh, Wild, that's right. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was a great, that was a good learning experience too. Um, of just trusting your director when you have a director that you can trust, man, it's an amazing experience. Just let him let him guide you, and if they do, that's fun. So. Yeah.
Anyway, go on. <laughs> I was just uh, going to say Reese, uh, Reese is great. I, I, I really like her work and I love her approach. I don't know what she's like as a person, but uh, every time I kind of see you know her talking, she seems very lovely and genuine. So hopefully... Yeah, she really is. For the, the very short time, I mean, like we didn't become like best buds or anything. We don't like text each other you know um but she was very very kind and gracious to me for the few minutes that i had to be really really horrible and gross to her in the scene so i mean it was nice <laughs> the contrast was interesting by the way how is the contrast again i i kind of um you know doing my research on you i should stop saying that uh I, but i i don't know how else to approach it because i don't know you really it just right. you know, my research so in in doing that, Anya, you seem like a a a different guy from a lot of the characters that you get to play. So do you find playing those characters freeing, or do you find that you know limiting? Uh, how do you find that? Really depends on the character. I mean, and you know the role. Um, I like characters that are interesting, mm. um, and they I definitely don't want them to be me all the time um i love trying to convince people i'm other people and uh but i don't like just being bad guys for the sake of bad and playing characters who are bad just because they're bad um i, I like to have something uh, that i can relate to without necessarily like having it to be part of me like being able to um to do what I can. Uh, and a lot of the characters I play, I played because they go, well, you played this dog on Breaking Bad, so we're going to offer you this dog on this show. And like, it would be stupid for me not to take these, some of these roles um, because they are, you know, they're not necessarily step up, but they are at least not a step back backwards. Um, and so I tend to play a few thugs because that's, that's where some people expect me to be. Um, and it's like play this or don't work. And um, so I try and limit those to the ones that like technically like from a business sense that I feel like I, I should. I should play this role because this will be good for my career. This will keep my career going at least until something better, bigger, better comes along. Um, and then some roles are just like, hey, I'm going to jump off this cliff and try and see if this thing will work. And those are the ones that are fun for me. Um, where it's just like, I've never played a role like this. Let's go. Um, and, but you have to balance that because again, it's a business and I have agents that I work with. I have a manager that I work with. I have a publicist that I work with and they all part of their income depends on my income. And I don't want them to be like, Hey, let me keep turning everything down because it's not good enough. And, um, so it's like, I need to, you have to balance that you know, what you want to do and what you can do. Uh, but I try not to be myself in anything I play. Okay. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like that. I'm not sure if I looked at it like that because there's a part of me that wanted to be more of myself in the right. roles that I play. But that's, I, I'll, I'll have to well, it's, that's again, that's strategy or, you know, like I love the chameleon aspect of it. Yeah. I, I like, now there's a there's a double-sided kind of mm -hmm. sword there not being recognized 
personally because like people don't see me as skinny Pete isn't necessarily a great thing when you're looking for people to hire you um and they're like oh that guy's not not that guy we want the guy from breaking bad um my phone's about to die so i'm sorry for blacking up um we're almost done uh so the um uh i forgot where i was going once that happened um Um, you were saying that you know being the chameleon and not being recognized yeah the compliment the compliment is like i was so convincing that mm-hmm. people have no idea that i was that guy and that's what i i loved when i did theater i would walk off stage after doing a performance of cabaret playing the mc and then come out of the dressing room dressed as myself and people looking around me going hey who's the guy who played the mc mm-hmm. um and, and different roles like that I, I that's a compliment because i did what i was trying to do i let they believed that that guy was you know they believe skinny pete is really skinny pete like but i'm not um I, that's the compliment but the 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 harsh side of that is people is a lot of this business isn't very imaginative a lot of times the accountants the ones who really like make some of the big decisions aren't necessarily the most creative and imaginative imaginative people and so they they see me and go like oh you were the druggie so we need you to be the druggie um you're a thug so we need to be a thug like it always baffled me when people talk about skinny pete being like hiring me because i was a thug it's like but skinny pete was he just looked like a thug right everything else was like he was loyal he was stability he was like he played friend You know, they, they was, can hire you as the piano playing uh, guy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's like they they people miss what like actually made that character popular, and they were like they hired me because of the look, but it wasn't his look that made him popular. It was his his character. It was not not the character, but his character. Yeah. You know his you know his loving nature, his kindness, his open friendship, his ability to you know his willingness to be there for his friends when they needed them to and his uh, and his loyalty that's what the audience liked about skinny pete not that he was a drug addict thug um but i get hired to be the drug addict thug because i was a drug addict thug skinny pete you're missing the point I would be a terrible interview host if I didn't ask you to uh, whether you want to sh- uh, show your dog because I'm sure you know people will hear your dog and they may want to uh, see it. I can try. She's really ex- she's four months old right now. Lila. <laughs> well, then Sorry. there's a potential for she's being on your show. Almost, almost four months old, and she's a little bit excited right now. Um, her mom, my wife, is trying to. Uh, keep her settled down because it is playtime. Delilah, come here. She might let me. Come here. Oh, she's a big girl. Oh, she's a big girl. This is my my little, our little one, (laughs) the young one. She's a sweet pup. That's wonderful. Thank you for, for sharing that. Yeah, that's Delilah. She's like, yeah, we got her just three months ago um, when she was just a little tiny thing. She was actually introduced on another interview, um, like five minutes after I got her home, I was scheduled to do another 
a, a, an interview with another guy and um like here she is uh so um yeah she's already already used to doing interviews now apparently <laughs> yeah she's a show dog um yeah well listen I, I have a ton more questions for you i wish that we can uh we can do uh you know another you know of these uh, shows you're very sure. welcome to come back so we can continue but the last question i want to ask you before you found eyes is if you had a chance to um you know to go and talk to yourself uh when you were just starting out as an actor what would be one piece of advice that you would give yourself Ooh, um, uh, when I first started, I'd tell me, this is not your last job. That's like the second I finished that Walker, Texas Ranger movie of the week. Um, I was like, what if that's the last thing I ever get? And it was a few months before I even got another audition. And I, like, I became kind of distraught. Like, that was just my one, that was my one thing. That was my one and done. And like, if I would have let that continue, it would have been. Um, but somebody told me, this is not your last job. And so now when I go in for, into a trailer for my next job, I put that old post-it note in my dressing room mirror. This is not your last job. And remember that because um, sometimes it'll seem like it is because you finish it and you don't know what's coming next um, and when you're a you know guest star kind of actor like me like you're auditioning and hopefully getting a job once or twice a month and if not you know <laughs> you, you, you hope you save some money because um, you know it's feast and famine in this business um, but yeah this is not your last job I, I wrote remember that, that. That's great advice. Right on. That's great advice. I wrote that down. Now I'm going to have that as uh, one of my uh, post-it notes. Thank you for that. Hey, no problem. No problem. Keep it going. Yeah. And again, thank you so much for uh, for jumping on. I really appreciate it. It's a pleasure. Yeah. And uh, I'm going to go watch uh, 1111 now. I hope you enjoy it. Let me know. Thank mm -hmm. you very much. I'm sure I will. And, Thanks to everybody for tuning in. I know it's uh, it's long. I know that you stuck with us and I appreciate it. By the way, if you have stuck with us, please subscribe and share and uh, comment. We want to hear from you. And um, we know you love acting as much as we do. And that's why we do this for you. Thank you.